Some folks don't stop till they find the truth. June's Journey is a roaring 20s murder mystery hidden object game. Find your first clue by downloading June's Journey today. Available on Android or iOS devices and on PC through Facebook games. Hi, listeners. I am not Sarah Wildman. This is Dan Efron, the producer of the ER. We are on a brief break till September 7th, but in the meantime, we're reposting an excerpt of an interview Sarah did back in May with Colin Call, a former Obama administration official. Call was the deputy assistant to President Obama and the national security advisor to Vice President Biden. In the interview, Call talks about being targeted by the Israeli private security company Black Cube, apparently in order to discredit him and the Iran nuclear deal he was involved in negotiating. Call was back in the news this week thanks to a story that appeared in The New Yorker about conspiracy theories that circulated in the Trump White House last year surrounding certain members of the Obama administration. In the interview with Sarah, Call begins by describing how his wife was first approached by one of Black Cube's investigators in an email. The email pitch that my wife got, um, and the email came to her on May 26, 2017, said that they had this social responsibility fund, that they had been making some investments in women's projects, and now they were shifting to education, that they had heard about my daughter's school, uh, which is random, yeah. uh, and that they knew that my wife was involved in the in the fundraising for the school, also random, this is not like public uh, information, and that they would like to meet to discuss whether like the school might, it might make sense to make some investments. So my wife kind of forwarded that email to some people that we know who are education consultants and also some family members who work in the finance world, and everybody thought that something about this was weird. But so we, okay, we all get weird scammy emails. Yeah. Nigerian princes, yeah, 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 things totally. like this, or you know, I've I've gotten emails from from friends and acquaintances saying yeah. that they're stuck in a country, totally. that kind of thing, and and you write them separately and say, has your email been hacked? Yeah, it didn't look like that. No, it didn't, and well, partly because those scams, those kind of Nigerian prince scams are generic, right? Mm-hmm. They're part of this. That's why they tend to go in your junk folder or mm-hmm, your spam mm-hmm. folder, right? Is that they they get blasted out a lot. This was very specific, right? This was tailored, you know, my wife's name is Rebecca. Dear Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And, you know, da, 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 da. And there we, weren't the typos. And no like, typos. Uh, it had, you know, the name of my daughter's school. It had information that my wife was on the fundraising committee. It had... Um, Which is a volunteer role. Correct. Okay. A volunteer... No, your listeners need to get... A volunteer role at an obscure public charter school in... Uh, in you know, in the corner of DC, like there's no. I mean, it's a great school, but nobody would know about it in the UK. It's just right. inconceivable. And it also had kind of like official letterhead. There, there was a little website uh, for the for the entity. It wasn't particularly deep, mm-hmm. um, uh, but it existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my wife forwarded this around. The folks we knew in the education and finance world thought this sounded fishy. So to test whether it was fishy or not. Uh, my wife sent back and said, look, I, I'm not really the person you should talk to. You should talk to the leadership of the school. Here are their names and emails like you should. And the person said, no, 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 we really want to talk to uh, you as a parent. Uh, we really want to make sure that we can talk to you. And she said, okay, well, I can't really meet with you, but here's the other parent who's on the committee with me. And actually she has, this other parent has three kids at the school. She knows the school way better. You should really talk to this other parent. And they're like, no, we really want to talk to you. 
at which point we were like, this is a scam. This is, you know, one of the one of the people we'd reached out to in the finance world said this sounds like something actually that a foreign intelligence entity might do. Like, so someone introduced the idea. It was foreign yeah, intel. and which is conceivable because I was a national security official in the Obama mm-hmm. administration. Maybe they were, you know, but so we kind of just that just kind of. And disappeared. your wife does not work in national security. No, my wife. Many years ago, my wife worked for the National Democratic Institute, which mm-hmm. is an NGO that does political development work all over the world. Um, but about eight years ago, she quit uh, and got certified as a life coach. Uh, and then our daughter was born, and uh, she essentially, over over time, especially as I reentered government, um, you know, working sixteen hours a day, six and a half days a week, um, she kind of dialed all the way back to being a stay at home mom. Mm-hmm. So at this time, you know, she was a, a full time mom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the stuff she was doing for the school as volunteer. So we thought it was weird at the time. But what was interesting was when this Guardian Observer story came out. And it said, okay, well, there, there was somebody fishing around in my life in this moment. She said, you remember that weird set so of emails So it got? clicked for her. It clicked for her. Uh-huh. And I wrote a thread on Twitter that basically told the story, but without any names. Like I didn't mm-hmm. use the term Ruben Capital Partners or anything else, but just kind of told the story. And a number of people said, you know, this really sounds like the, the, method, the methodology of this firm, Black Cube. Um, this Israeli uh, private intel firm. And then uh, uh, Laura Rosen, who's a, a reporter for Al Monitor, a really good investigative reporter, reached out to me. We know each other uh, pretty well. And she said, can you tell me any more? And I, I actually gave her a screenshot of the original. And she said, well, you know, that Rubin Capital Partners is the exact same fake firm that Harvey Weinstein had hired to discredit Rose McGowan and, and these accusers in the, in the, you know, who had accused him of sexual assault and harassment and everything else. And then Ronan Farrow, she, she writes about this, and simultaneously Ronan Farrow uh, from The New Yorker reached out to me, and I told him about the Rubin Capital Partners thing, and he said, yeah, it's the same, that's Black, that's black Cube. Um, and then actually Ronan had a copy of the opposition file uh, that this that this group had done on me. Oh wow! Um, and he's not the only one. I've also heard from reporters from NBC and and the New York Times who have copies of these files. So we so are we, now. Have you seen it? I have. I have. It's not. I mean, did you discover something about yourself that you didn't? No. Know? I mean, fr- frankly, I mean, who knows whether this is the sum total of what they dug up on mm-hmm. on me? But it 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 had a little bit of the feel of if you gave a research assistant, six hours to scour the internet uh, and, you know, get maybe a little more access to Facebook than you're supposed to. Right. Um, what types of information, you know, it's like, where do I live? What's my work history? Who mm-hmm. are my in-laws? Who are my relatives? What kind of car do I drive? Uh, you know, that that type of stuff. Um, creepy, but not spectacularly uh, 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 insightful. You know, I, insightful. Um, but the fact that these reporters had it, I, I think I, at this point, I, we are we are 100% sure that it was this entity, Black Cube, that was hired. I think the $64,000 question is, who hired them? Mm-hmm. Um, the Observer and Guardian um, continue to assert that, that they've either seen documents or they have credible allegations that it was Trump aides or Trump associates. Others have said maybe it's a corporate client mm-hmm. um, uh, in the Gulf or somewhere else. Uh, so I think that's the next shoe to drop is, is to figure out who hired these guys. Because that's unclear. It is unclear. I mean, um, so I don't have any direct evidence other than what's been reported. Mm-hmm. And the two stories that have been reported, one is that, you know, it was Trump aides and the other is that it was a corporate client. Of course, these explanations aren't mutually exclusive. My, my guess is if there's any connection back to anybody in Trump world, there's no reason you shouldn't expect to see a contract with some Trump aide signature on it, right? It would be one or two hops removed, some wealthy donor or some corporate entity that they know or something else. Um, I do think, though— 
that to figure out who hired these folks, one has to answer two questions. One is, why did they target Ben Rhodes and I specifically Mm -hmm. as a pair? Mm -hmm. Because after all, like we were senior officials, but there were other more senior officials. Mm -hmm. We were involved in the Iran deal, but hardly an exhaustive list, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. John Kerry and Ernie Moniz and yeah. Wendy Sherman and Susan Rice. And, you know, there's a lot of other people who could have been targeted. So why the two of us? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is why the timing? Why the spring of, of 2017? And those two things put together of Ben and I as a pair and the timing is what makes, I think, at least the, the, the notion that it's tied back to Trump associates plausible because there was this obsession uh, that a number of Trump aides had with Ben and I specifically uh, in the spring of 2017. And so maybe it's just a coincidence that they had but an obsession. But why with us. in the spring of 2017? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great question. So um, I think I think uh, a couple of reasons. One, um, Ben and I were very active in both the media and on social media in criticizing uh, the Trump administration, mm-hmm. probably to a degree that is abnormal of uh, former government officials. Usually there's a little bit of a cooling off period. I think it was different this time because uh, a lot of Obama administration officials, especially those of us who were there through the very end, Mm -hmm. saw so many disturbing things about the incoming administration during the transition that I think there was a sense of existential anxiety about Mm -hmm. about the administration that's not typical. So I think people were more actively critical than than uh, is is typical, and Ben and I were pretty pretty uh, pretty far out there. I think that's the first thing. I think the second is that there was a set of aides close to Trump who were obsessed with the series of leaks, mm-hmm. right? Leaked transcripts to foreign leader calls, right? Leaks about the Russia stuff to the to the. Uh, to the the, uh, the the Washington Press or the New York Times and and, and others, um, leaks about you know what Trump might have told uh, Lavrov in the Oval Office. Like they were just obsessed with trying to figure out who the leakers were. And for whatever reason, they zeroed in on Ben and I as the most likely puppet masters of the deep state. And this sounds crazy, by the way. This sounds absolutely freaking crazy, um, except. That apparently they believed it. At any point, did you worry about your family and things like that, though? I mean, when that email came in, did, did you make any connection at that point, A, to the Trump administration or to any other, you know, kind of trolley kind of things? And B, did you start worrying, oh, well, you know, at least my wife's not involved in this? So I think it was at the time I didn't draw any connection to the Trump administration. And once again, I still don't have any smoking gun evidence that they were involved now, uh, even uh, after all the reporting. So I think we found it was creepy. I think the fact that once my wife stopped engaging, this persona at least left us alone. There were probably maybe half a dozen emails back and forth between May 26th and I think the last email was June 15th of 2017. Um, they, they didn't stalk us after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there was some separate outreach to me. Um, looking back at my, at my Gmail, um, there appears to have been some outreach from what I think is a fake French think tank at the same time to try to set up a, a similar meeting with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it also so, like, strangely off-subject or no? No, that the, the French think tank one was a little bit more um, plausible mm-hmm. uh, because they wanted to invite me to Paris to be on a panel to talk about the uh, Obama administration's nonproliferation legacy, including the Iran deal and some other, which is not unusual because I, I'm an academic, I'm a think tanker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I write about this stuff, I do stuff like this all the time. Um, what was weird about it was that I could find no information that this think tank actually existed. And it was another one of these things where I kept trying to push them off and they were very insistent on meeting with me. And, 
Um, so I, there were some creepy things that were happening, but I, I don't think we ever felt at personal risk because I don't think the goal was ever to do us physical harm. I think the goal was to try to dig up dirt um, on us. Um, I'm, I'm still not sure exactly what that dirt would be. We're mm-hmm. pretty boring middle-class uh, people. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but blackmail of some kind? Yeah, I, mean, I guess. I guess. My guess is, look, I, if, if, if this Black Cube uh, agent had set up a, a meeting with my wife, um, what they appear to have done in other cases is essentially they surreptitiously video the whole thing, right? So they put down like a briefcase that's got like a, a video camera, and they, they videotape yeah. the whole thing. And then... You know, probably they would have tried to uh, offer to make big investments in my daughter's school, but maybe with a finder's fee, okay. right? Like some, yeah. like a commission. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, you know, it's like something that if that uh, my wife never would have accepted to begin with. But if somebody had accepted it, you could frame it as corruption, mm-hmm. right, of mm-hmm. some sort or illegal or use it as blackmail or something. Maybe they would have tried to befriend, befriend, uh, befriend my wife and try to, like, solicit, I don't know, salacious uh, information about me or stuff in her get access to our financial situation or whatever. I, I don't know. Um, so all of that is extraordinarily creepy that mm-hmm. anybody would do that, period. But I don't think the goal was to harm us. Um, the, the goal was to try to dig up dirt to di- uh, discredit us. But once this came out in The yeah. Observer and The New Yorker and wherever it comes from, did you feel that something had been breached? I mean, it was something different, right? I mean, it isn't you anymore. It's actually your family has somehow been exposed to something. How, how did that feel? Yeah, so I think there are there are actually two or three mm-hmm. normative breaches that, mm-hmm. that happen here. I said, you know, the first I would I would you know when you're a government official, especially when you work in the national security space, I, you assume you're the target mm-hmm. of foreign intelligence entities, right? Okay. Um, you assume that they're going to try to hack your email, they're going to try to listen into your phone conversations, they're going to surveil you on foreign trips. Like that's what intelligence entities do when you're a foreign official. Um, uh, you know, our spies do stuff like that. Their spies do stuff like that. It's not. It and are you trained to deal with it? Well, I mean, you go through counter in, counterintelligence right. training, and and you know, be on the lookout for phishing scams, mm-hmm. and you know, you only use secure communications for classified information, and all sorts of other things. Um, but the notion that you're spied on as an official is not unusual. Mm-hmm. It is very unusual that you would be spied on as a former official, mm-hmm. right? A former official who's now just gone back, going back to being a college professor at Georgetown uh, University. Um, and especially that they would be going after you to try to dig up dirt on something that you did for public policy reasons to try to make the country safer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and try to use somehow uh, uh, dirt on you to to discredit that or, or your policy position. So it's very unusual. So I think the first normative breach was kind of going after me, period, as a mm-hmm. former official. Uh, the second normative breach uh, – was going at me through my family, mm-hmm. right? Bringing my wife into this and also using my daughter's school as the vector. Mm-hmm. That's just gross. Mm-hmm. It's so sleazy and creepy and it's just awful. And maybe that happens in the corporate world all the time where people, where folks get hired to dig up blackmail to use in litigation or in negotiations. It doesn't happen in my world. It's not okay, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going after my my family is is... Is, it's just awful. And the third normative breach is, is, if, is if this has any connection to the U.S. government, mm-hmm. then we are talking about the U.S. government hiring a foreign intelligence firm to not only spy on but to dig up dirt on political opponents and to go after their families. 
right? That is so that that takes you into like the authoritarian realm mm -hmm, of creepiness. Mm -hmm. The other things are bad enough. Uh, that third one, which we don't yet have, uh, I think, conclusive evidence for, takes you into an entirely different level of terrible. Do you feel personally anxious, though, now after this experience with Black Cube? Well, I think this particular operation appears to have stopped mm -hmm. in the summer um, of, of last year. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful that by bringing attention to it, not only can we find out what happened and hopefully hold some of the people who did this to account, but that maybe the sunlight's a little bit of a deterrent. Um, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just I'm, I'm not an important enough person to like, boy, if we could just bump off Colin Call, we actually would change like so many things. So um, and I'm not particularly anxious in the sense that, you know, we are pretty boring middle class people. I don't think we have a lot of skeletons in our closet. And I don't mean that. I, I mean about what it means for governing or governance, what it means for how we go about uh changing uh, policy because it, it's some, it, it, I mean, you talked about breaches, you know, it's one thing to, to criticize a policy. It's another thing to try to unravel the personal lives of the people who worked on that policy. Yeah. It's a, that's actually a, a, a very insightful point. I think that um, if this, if this became more commonplace, that it became a regular thing, a regular rhythm that people who went into government, the second they left government, foreign entities, foreign companies, and or, you know, incoming administrations started to generate, uh, uh, you know, files of blackmail material, compromat, essentially, against foreign officials, then the, the obvious effect of that is people aren't going to serve, right? Because right? they are not going to want to put themselves and their families through that. So I do worry very much about that. I obviously worry about, you know, if our current government was involved in any way in commissioning this, then of course this is straight out of the authoritarian playbook, right? And so that's a that's a much more existential uh, question about the you know the state of our democracy. But even if they're not involved at all, if we start to get in this this habit, this pattern of going after foreign officials for the good work that they did for the right reasons uh, in in government, um, then good people aren't going to serve in government. Colin Call, thank you so much for coming into our studios. Sure. Great to be here. Thanks. That was Colin Call talking with our host, Sarah Wildman. The ER is edited by Rob Sachs and produced by me, Dan Efron. We will be back with a new episode September 7th.